We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Week 6 Roto-Grinders NFL Daily Fantasy Recap Show, a.k.a. the Gilcast. The The original Gilcast crew is here, myself, Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. Sammy Reed, you can find him at Sammy Reed FI. Nate Noling, you can find him at Big Giant Ball of Fish. He's <laughs> on He's on big extreme life tilt right now. Uh, so, something just happened. He was trying to explain it to Sammy and I, but I think his computer is deleting itself right now. Do you do you care to expound for the people, Nate? Uh, no, I mean nobody will understand. I got a new laptop this week in my uh, my database. Um, I just reinitialized it on accident. My SQL database of Game Center API data. So I have no. Uh, nothing to talk about for today's life. <laughs> yeah, so, problems. So like, so like you, you definitely couldn't go look at box scores though. Like none of that would be helpful to like talk about what we're talking about. Box right? scores. Who looks at box scores? I, like you have to like scrape I box do. scores into like a. What do you, what do you think? What do you think when Sammy and I are talking about like target numbers and yards and stuff? Like, what do you think we're, what do you think we're using when we're on this show? How do you guys like summarize like actual like opportunity? How do you guys summarize like, Oh, this guy got four touches within the, uh, you know, within the five yard line. See, like, Nate, well, I, I, I actually the David Johnson tilt, The David Johnson tilt isn't real unless you realize that he, he had like five opportunities at the goal line that he didn't convert. See, see, Nate, sometimes ignorance is bliss. Like, I have a database. I have a giant supercomputer, and it's called my freaking brain spot. And I just do all this stuff in my brain and spit it out and make awesome lineups, and, and that's how it goes. I mean, I watch the games, so that's how I know. Also watch the, the games. Yeah, like I just watch the games on Sunday, so that's how I know. Yeah, how, how else would you tilt with it? You just look at your database and tilt. <laughs> he just looks at his database and he's just like, the opportunity is not meeting the result like, and I'm like furious Neo, about it's it. It's like Neo in the Matrix looking at the code like flowing down. He's like, there's, a, there's the lady in the red dress. There's the guy on the one yard line. You didn't convert. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So another reason Nate is mad is that uh, he had an export error today, which, uh, Nate, is that the first time it's ever happened to you? Uh, I've had it happen in NBA. Uh, I think it's probably the first time I've had it happen in football just because, uh, yeah, I think it's probably the first time I've had it happen in football. I've never had it happen in NFL, but I can guarantee you if it did happen, I would be like unreal depressed. We only get 17, yeah. we only get 17 of these weeks, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's it one was, fourth of the year. Yeah, it was, t- I mean, literally I saw it four seconds before lock and realized that I had exported my GPP team as my cash, as my, one of my GPP, like single entry teams that I had hand built like as cash. And uh, I mean, I noticed it like four seconds before, I think I texted you guys like at lock and just said, frick. Like I'm done. You, you you did, and then and then you basically had a ADHD team in cash. Yeah, I mean it was yeah it was yeah it was rough. Did you have Maurice Harris in that lineup? <laughs> no, I was actually debating <laughs> playing Maurice Harris in cash for real though. Like, oh, I I played Maurice Harris in cash. We'll we'll get <laughs> <laughs> it's starting, friends. The guilty cash is here, Maurice. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey hey, he out. He was my Dude, second I- highest scoring wide receiver, Nate. I will say, like, the whole – like, they were all dead. Like, nobody was playing. Like, they, it had to go somewhere. Except we'll, we'll get more into it later when I talk about my lineup. But Sammy gets to start the show today uh, because he scored – how many points did you score? It has to be an absurd number. 189.4 in cash. It's a lot of points. Good. It was good. It was good. I mean, it was like I made a bunch of GPP lineups. I probably made – not a bunch, like less than usual. I made 10, and my cash team was easily my highest scoring team. So all three of us, unanimous, didn't, wasn't even a thought, Winston, right? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 didn't, I, like, I didn't debate it for a second. Like, me, no. me neither. He was the first quarterback you put in on Monday, and then you never changed it. And yeah. it, was, it was super easy. He was 52.5% owned in the massive $25 single-entry double-up. Do you think that's too low? Is that fishy? I won't ever. I thought I won't, he was going to be higher. I won't ever nitpick quarterbacks just because Winston had like the stone nuts, absolute best day. He was he was the highest scoring quarterback, and like I mean, the quarterback eight got what like twelve points less than him. So it's just it's just not that like I won't ever hammer someone. Certainly there is an edge there, but I won't I won't hammer someone just because the range of outcomes are really even so narrow. Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. I like smashed Matt Ryan in GPPs because I was convinced he was going to have a bigger game than Winston. I just did not have a good GPP strategy today. I'm like looking back at it and I just was like stacking these games in really weird ways. Had a lot of Andy Dalton. He only threw 170 passing yards. Just like not, not really until showdown, not my best performance. Isn't that a <laughs> best part? I was just really Tyreek and the captain. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was just all over the Texans. I had a ton of Hopkins, Watson, Kiki. I mean, I was all over those guys. Do you do you want to explain why you were so on the Texans? I just thought there's going to be plenty of volume in it. I think they. Were, I, I just thought they were going to throw a lot, and I think Deshaun Watson's one of those guys with his a dot. Um, I mean, he just he'll launch the ball down the field and he'll take shots no matter what. I mean, and so I think, yeah, I think when I looked at volume. Um, you know, not into the whole defenses don't matter thing, but um, you, you know, when you look at a dot for a couple, couple of these guys, um, the a dot on both Kiki and um, and Hopkins with their uh, target projections, uh, there were there was plenty of volume in that game to to like even versus a tough defense. Hey, be, before we go into lineups, guys, can we talk a little bit about just how the morning was? 
because I thought this was crazy. It was the hardest for sure. Right. Because throughout the year so far, we've pretty much known everybody that was going to be out and in, you know, by Schefter bomb Saturday night. And today was a whole lot different. There was a lot of stuff changing in the morning. Davis, like how did, when, when you saw this stuff happening, uh, i.e. Dalvin Cook being out, that sort of stuff, how did that, how did that affect what you were doing and how'd you deal with it? Well, it's really hard because you get stubborn about things in the NFL because you've had five days to think about it. Or like what, yes. what, Fre- Freeman was announced out on Thursday, I think. Yes. So, so just like from that point, you're just like, oh, well, Freeman's out. So I'm just like locking in Tevin Coleman, basically. And, you know, Latavius was probably like an equal point projection to him, like pretty close, especially given that they've been giving Ito all of the, all of the work you know, in the red zone. And I, but I just didn't even consider it. I just didn't even really think about it on DraftKings. Like maybe I thought about it for like 10 minutes and I don't know. It's easy to say in hindsight that it was bad to not think about it more, but we like knew for a fact that Ito was going to take away red zone work from Tevin. Well, the thing about the thing about Murray is that he was priced as though Dalvin Cook was playing. So he was 4.7 a couple weeks ago when he was a giant home favorite uh, against the Bills, which obviously didn't work out well. But that week he was 5.8, and it was basically the same situation. So, I mean, for me, like you're getting $1,100. And, I mean, there was like no no denying it. There was definitely some recency bias of me being like, oh, well, they're just not going to use – like they were so bad in that Bills game. And it was just yeah. – that was not my not my brightest moment. I was, I was afraid too, but that was, I think, a big key for me in cash. And a lot of people felt that way. He was 12.7% owned. One out of every eight people went. And if to that if that there. Bills game doesn't happen, he's thirty seven percent or something. Correct. Like sure. Correct. I think there was a lot of recency bias. Obviously, the fact that it kind of happened out of nowhere this morning, everyone was kind of expecting Dalvin to be in, and then he had like a setback in warmups or whatever. Um, so a lot of people, like people that don't pay that much attention, didn't change it. But I thought that was that was a huge key. So you had Coleman, Latavius, and Gurley. That is correct. Yes. So. Obviously, Gurley smashed, and I don't think anyone ever expects him to do anything but smash. But I, I'm, I'm still of the mind that I do not think that he was the most optimal choice at running back today. <laughs> I mean, he was definitely the highest projection. I just didn't get to right. him because I, – I don't know. I'd be interested to hear Sammy's thoughts. What was he owned? Uh, he was 20, 21. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he was 21% owned. For me – I had Gurley in all week and I knew he wouldn't be that widely owned because I think there's something cognitive about that 10 K that's even different than like 9.8. People look at that. They're like, nah, son, that's like five figures. I can't spend that on one player. But for me, he's just such a tier different than everybody else. And we talked about this last week that Potts is a big believer in like grabbing the top of a tier if there's a big drop off and I know it's easy to say, yeah, there's not a huge drop off to like Mixon, you know, uh, Zeke, et cetera, guys that people were considering, but I thought there was, I, I didn't think that Zeke had the upside of Gurley. I didn't think that, uh, you know, like a guy like McCaffrey had the ceiling of Gurley. And so for me, it was just like, dude, Gurley's going to smash. This is a team that just gave up 200 plus yards to freaking Crowell. Like this defense sucks ass. And uh, lo and behold, it came to pass. So, defenses, defenses don't matter. I would like yeah, to remind every you. Time, every time we say that, on. drink. People are, people are listening to this on Monday morning. If you have a little handle in your car or whatever, you're obligated to drink. Every time we say defenses don't matter. But 
It, there Are was you a moment encouraging drinking and driving, Sammy, because I would not. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting and smoking, actually. But <laughs> the, the, the point remains, I just think it was like, there was a moment this morning where I almost got off a of girly because everything was changing and this and that. And I looked at it and I'm like, I am such a fish if I don't play girly. My whole thing this week was play girly in cash. You will smash people who like are just fish and don't do that. And that's what happened. Can we get into the Tevin play a little bit? Cause I, I did, uh, I mean, I intended to play Tevin in cash, even though I didn't want to, I think Tevin was a play that I wanted to get off of in cash. I think the reason I, ended up going to Tevin and cash is just because as we were discussing it this morning, you guys were right. I mean, he was, he was just so high on that. It was a bad move to fade him, but I, I actually think Tevin's usage is that he can't be considered a lock on DraftKings anymore. No, because he plays the, he plays like the same role. Like Ito just comes Regardless. plays the yeah. Freeman stuff. Yeah. And I just think DraftKings, it takes such a high floor, like, you have to be able to count on receptions to be able to boost, you know, a running back's work, workload in this, in this league these days where I just – I don't think a Tevin or anybody like that who you can't project safely for five-plus targets can be a lock, no matter the price on DraftKings. Even, even at 5.4. I mean, my, my thinking with Tevin really was that in the three games Freeman had been out, he saw an average of 18 touches a game. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was reasonable with these teams, high scoring game. Um, you know, it's supposed to be a lot of plays run. I was, I was, I wasn't like in love with Tevin, but you know, considering his ownership and considering that stuff, I know he wasn't an ideal play. I think you bring up a lot of really fair points about him. Um, I, I thought he was, I thought he was fine in cash. Cause I mean, here's the thing about 18 touches. If 18 touches of those are rushing attempts, like even at like less, even at four and a half yards per carry, which is like above average from a league perspective, that's only 8.1 DraftKings points. Like he needs to get a touchdown then or like six targets to, to have any yeah, sort been, of value. He's been getting points. like what, two to three targets a game? Yeah, so like two to three targets. Um, but I mean, 8.1 points if he doesn't get that t- uh, touchdown. So like when you get a high, it, even 20, tar- or 20 rushing attempts these days just isn't valuable on DraftKings for a guy who's above like, 4k like it's just not i am really glad that i avoided playing tj yeldon though he was in like all the optimals like pretty much every yeah i mean i wasn't interested in him at all i'm I'm shocked that you didn't like tj yeldon like this is very off-brand why did you not like yeldon because as much as defenses do not matter i had uh the cowboys and the like i had i they were one of my picks in on the super contest lines this week and they play a gross pace and I wanted Elliot and I thought Elliot for $600 more. Like, I mean, it's not even close how much more superior of a play Elliot is like Elliot yeah, was it, a, like a lock to me. And if you had, uh, if you, and some guy tweeted earlier today is like, Hey, is it fishy of me to play two backs that are facing each other in a slow projected 40 point game? And I'm like, yeah, I think that's fishy. Right. You, you didn't want to play Yeldon and Zeke. Like, that was really bad if you did that. Also, like, uh, my, my projection that Yeldon would just play, like, 100% of the snaps for the Jaguars, not true. Play, Jamal Charles came in five carries and uh, had two targets as well to Yeldon's five targets. So, that, uh, that's like a, that backfield split is real, I guess. Hey, you, bring, you bring a Hall of Famer in, and it's like you got to you got to. No, let the but guy. it's wild. They they cut Brandon Wilds. Like they they cut the the you know the ostensible 
guy I, it was just weird. Like, <laughs> what's Charles been doing? <laughs> He's just hanging out eating Cheetos on the couch, <laughs> playing Fortnite. And they're like, hey, come get some carries. He's like, all right, cool. Yeah. I mean, so the reason, Sammy, why I think that your selection of Gurley was not super optimal, though, was partly because of defense. And like in general, that's like not a sharp thing to factor in. No, here, here's <laughs> you do one podcast with Frisco Josh, and you're like, no, 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 not defensive, not defensive matchup. The defense I took on DraftKings.com. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Oh, because no, I, no, I paid no, up, no, I paid no. up thirty five hundred dollars for the Bears. Well, see, that was thirty three, I think, right? But yeah, that was took, that was that was still like a bad move, and see, pretty much everybody did that. And you took the Cowboys, of course, which was the correct play, of course. I mean, I don't think I've paid more than $2,400 in cash for a defense all year. There's always one. And you can get so much value elsewhere. I just... The only defense you should ever do it against is the Buffalo Bills. No, 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 That's right. No one else. No, but the Bills, the Texans, whoever is playing against the Bills, pay $4,000 for them. It doesn't matter. But yeah, everyone Bills. else, yeah, you should just get a $2,300 defense. Yeah, I had a bunch of bills in GPP because of the Josh Allen factor. But he's like yeah, crazy mean, bad, and Peterman's somehow worse. I, that, I mean, Peterman's just like he's like Bizarro Mahomes. It's crazy. It's just like well, he's like what would happen if Mahomes had no velocity and was no natural feel for the game. It, it's like if Mahomes had a lobotomy. That's Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nate, your thoughts on on the optimalness of Gurley and DK Cash? I, I'll say this. I, I like Gurley from like a in a vacuum standpoint. I just got stuck on oh, Zeke. Oh, yeah, you're the first guy to ever like Gurley in a vacuum. I just got stuck on, Gurley, on, on Zeke this week because I just thought Zeke was at his price. Like, well, Zeke, Zeke was not the issue. Zeke was a lock. The issue with the result of our lineup was with Tevin. Yeah, I, I, I went – so like my intended DraftKings cash lineup was uh, Zeke, um, Tevin, and uh, DJ. Because um, I really thought DJ was a was a great play for his value, and I thought having three of those guys was Nate. the highest. Let me let me let me tell you this. Nate. Let me tell you this about David Johnson right now. Nate. He is not <laughs> no. optimal in any sense, and I don't care if he scored a touchdown. Or, like you just got to stop. Like everyone, <laughs> no one has been a bigger booster of David Johnson than me. I loved him coming out of the University of, of Northern Iowa. That I touted him as many times as anyone could have ever touted anyone. Believe me. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> David Johnson, bro. <laughs> David Johnson as a receiver is not going to happen in the year of our Lord 2018. That is, I'm, I'm sorry. That's a beta fish play. That's just. No, dude. Yes, dude. No. no. Yes, dude. It's so bad. It's, Nate, because it's any, really anything you are wanting to play him for is based purely off of a projection of thinking he'll get more targets than he's got. Dude, how, how can you play him on the road in this game? Like, how can you play him ever? It's over. Dude, it's he was over. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's crazy to see David Johnson for 5,900, but don't you – it's, like, also crazy to see Larry Fitzgerald for, like, 43. Okay, like, no. Who would you know considering Fitzgerald? No, I don't look at name value stuff like that. I mean, it was it, – you know, I'm a then, – Then defend then defend David Johnson for 5.9 over I'm Latavius a, Murray, who was cheaper on the good side of that game. Latavius Murray hasn't caught a pass since 2004. He caught a three-yarder today. You take that back. 
Latavius Murray hasn't caught a pass since 2004. Latavius Murray, Pretty by hard. the way, did actually project as a good receiving back coming out of college. Just so you, just so you know. <laughs> oh, great player news. profiler up. <laughs> Smooth. I mean, yeah, that, DJ was – I just felt like DJ was a better play than Tevin um, for his price because which, of the Which actually work. might have been true. Which, because of the passing work. And I went Tevin because I needed to go Tevin because it was just the optimal play in cash due to the, the way construction was going. And then I felt like I had to have DJ in there because I thought DJ was going to still score more. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you realize, like, DJ scored when they were down, like, 17 points – how good you ran for DJ. No. To like DJ hit. had like five, five rushing attempts at the goal line where he was shut out. And it was like, it was so un DJ like to see him just not be able to like, dude, it was well, so guess what? The whole, he the literally whole tripped. He literally tripped once where there was just a defender on the floor. And I was like, what, what are you doing? DJ? You are you, did you see this with your eyes? Or are you watching it through the code? He's, he's like, seeing, he's no, seeing that this is coded out. No, he's seeing it coded out. He's seeing how, you know, <laughs> that he's literally reading like play by play, but in binary. There's, there's a guy on the ground. No DJ trips. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so watching him fall over a guy on the ground. when I'm So, so this is what I had different than you guys is I had Mixon in that spot where you guys had DJ and Gurley, and I'm I'm actually surprised that Nate did not end up on Mixon because Mixon was a good play. Mixon Mixon's, was a good play. Mixon's volume projection was like he was projected for I think my second highest carries plus targets totals on the slate. Yeah, I I liked Mixon a lot. I think Mixon had the highest rushing attempt uh, share of for sure of his team, and I think his target projection was pretty high up there too. Um, I think I was struggling between like if I was going to pay up at running back there, it was a struggle between Mixon and, and McCaffrey because um, I have I think McCaffrey just has such a unique workload as well because I mean he plays almost every down for them. But McCaffrey is so hard to project from a target standpoint because it seems like Carolina one game can give him eleven targets in the next like two. Yes, like and it's also it's, but it is easy to project him from a touchdown standpoint. You just plug in zero and move on. Yeah. But the thing is, you can't plug in a guy like him with zero because of the fact that he breaks such, like, he's not a typical running back in that when he does run his routes, his routes are, are that of a, of a former David Johnson type guy where uh, sometimes Christian McCaffrey does run down the field. Like, he had an end zone target today that was, like, not in, he, he was, like, in the end zone with a target. And so uh, his touchdown equity is higher than, higher than I think people realize I think people just go, oh, Cam's the goal line back, and you're right. But you know, I mean, over the course of the season, though, you you those splash plays will probably happen six times. Like if he, I was gonna say he's gonna score six touchdowns. If he doesn't get the goal line rushing, he's like capped at like eight. Would be like the most I would expect. And that's and that's and that's the big deal when I'm talking about ceiling. I mean, I just. Zeke, I thought was a great play. I, Zeke, I didn't end up playing like him, a, but a four touchdown game is like Zeke could do that in the flow of the offense. Like they wouldn't have to do anything crazy for that to happen. Yeah, Zeke's got a girly like um, share of his team's touchdown equity, where McCaffrey just doesn't. And I think most of the running backs who are high priced, like Gurley and Zeke, are the two guys um, who I think have the highest. Is it? Gurley and Zeke. I think. Uh, give me one second. I think Gurley and Zeke have the highest uh, team of like their touchdown equity, highest share of that, which makes sense. Um, where yeah, McCaffrey mean, just doesn't. 
the, the thing about Gurley that you guys have to understand is you project him out and you regress the mean and all this stuff. We saw these guys last year, you know, Tyreek Hill, et cetera, where it's like you keep expecting them to, you know, Camara, you keep expecting them to regress to the mean. But something that Silva told me that Reeb says all the time is football is won by outliers. Todd Gurley is an outlier. He is LaDainian Tomlinson. He has I mean, the same, same career yards per touch as Isaiah Crowell. Yeah, but he gets so many touches. And... <laughs> I mean, Crowell's underrated. I mean, going, in, going into this week, Zeke actually had the highest in the league share of his team's touchdown equity. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was Kamara, then it was Gurley, then it was actually Christian McCaffrey from a DK expected share. And then DJ, oh. Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley. So it's like – Wait, are you uh, talking about like fake touchdowns? Like – I'm talking about like if you look at every play that a team has and the overall expected DraftKings points of a team's offense, who gets the highest volume? Oh, you're talking about that ex-WOBA. I got you. Yeah, but ex, like share of teams ex-WOBA. So like not just like who gets targeted when the team doesn't, doesn't, isn't close to the end zone, but who gets targeted in the high volume. And Zeke yeah. is like if Dallas scores, it's going to be through Zeke. Where McCaffrey – No, it's going to be through Cole Beasley. Like that's why today was so tilting because Zeke – should have had five touchdowns. This is this is really alarming doing a podcast with you, Davis, because you look so much like Cole Beasley. Like I feel like I want to ask you about the game. I, I drafted Cole Beasley in the twenty fifth round of the Fantasy Insiders Superflex Best Ball Dynasty League. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> so so while my team, while my team is not very good, that part of it does feel pretty good. Anyway, you guys are fish for not playing Gurley. Let's just let's just throw that I, out. I actually there. think I think Davis had a sharp play with Mixon. What did I, Mixon end up with? I Mixon was a sharp play. Mixon and so, and so was Zeke. They just weren't Gurley. Like Mix, you have to have some alphas on your team. Get an alpha. Gurley's an well, alpha. Well, well, I went alpha. Sammy, at, I went alpha at tight end. Sammy, what did Wait. you do at receiver? Um, I did. Julio Jones, John Brown, and Chester Rogers. Rogers and Chester Rogers sucked out so hard. That was so great. I'm so like that's probably why I didn't make money today. Honestly, I think if Rogers doesn't catch that touchdown, I think I'm actually okay. Forty six percent owned Chester Rogers. People are so dumb. How dumb? David, How... you were all over Chester Rogers. Yeah, but yeah, he was, was like he was like a, a no. He was a thin play. I think very. I thin. mean, yeah, but but if you love every other spot in your lineup, you think it's all good and he's super highly owned, and he's, I mean... Well, certainly I was not projecting Chester Rogers for it to be 45% owned in the single entry $25 double up. Neither, neither was I, but, dude, he ended up with 10 targets. Luck threw it another 43 times. That is, man, it's crazy how bad that football team is. It's super bad, like, but that's the thing. Like, volume for quarterbacks is kind of like, eh, you know, you don't want to count it that much. Efficiency but for the receivers, though. Yeah, dude, he's throwing the ball so much. Like, I thought he'd throw it more than 43 times. He actually ran bad. You know no, what I mean? Rodgers, well, I don't think Chester Rodgers ran bad, fella. <laughs> <laughs> that touchdown was so hot. He was, he was getting shut out until, like, the second half, and I was like, dude, this was bad. Why'd I do this? Well, and, uh, it certainly was not as bad as playing Maurice Harris was. Let it out, Davis. <laughs> but let me, tell you, let me tell you why it was actually bad. Please, please. It would have been it would have actually been a good play had Richardson <laughs> not played. Yes. But, but what happened was Crowder being out didn't mean that Harris played more. It meant that Vernon Davis was playing more. Was playing Harris, more 
when when like the snap counts come out, I would be surprised to see Harris above like fifty five percent of the snaps. Whereas I bet Vernon Davis got a huge increase. I mean, you shared with me that thing about uh, Harris's college production this morning, and I, I mean, looked at no, it. he's like not a good player. He's like a total nothing. I was just literally hoping for five for forty five. I mean, it was just so thin. I mean, you had to like. I just can't imagine paying 3K for a receiver on this slate and then not paying for and then not getting girly with well, it. Like that the is reason gorgeous. the reason that my team was so bad is that I was like really enamored with Jarvis Landry and I mean he had the worst game of his career. He had like eleven targets for like sixteen yards. Jarvis Landry was not a bad play. I, I am not gonna dock you for Jarvis Landry. I thought he was a good play. No, it's just Really bad I, I, results, and Baker had a really bad game. And guess what? The Chargers' defense is good. Chargers' defense is quite good, and they have very good defensive backs. Yeah, I don't think Jackson is still targets, putting together yeah. the game plans for Cleveland, so that's a thing. How many targets did he get? Uh, uh, nine. He was yeah. two, for, two catches, 11 yards. On yeah, nine I mean, targets. That just doesn't happen for Jarvis Landry. He's normally well. I mean, they they are not using him in the way the Miami coaching staff used him, though. He's like playing like a real wide receiver now, and he's and, also not the best best receiver in that team because David and Joker is there. Well, is and correct. also for whatever reason, the team is just like, okay, we're gonna Antonio Callaway is gonna drop touchdowns and run the wrong routes and never be open, but we're gonna give him ten targets a game anyway. Well, that's the thing. They gave Callaway ten. They gave. Damian Ratley. Is what did his... Callaway end up with DraftKings points? Uh, he ended up with uh, three, two point yeah. nine, two catches for nine yards. <laughs> Ratley got eight targets. Dude, it was 40, 46 attempts by Baker, by Baker plus five sacks, and only nine targets for Jarvis. You know what I mean? Like the gross number is good, but share wise, this actually wasn't that great for him. I mean, they really Callaway, Callaway is horrible, man. Oh he, my god. Not good. He's so bad. I had a buddy hit me up earlier this week, and, he's, and, he, and he had heard that you know, Cleveland's receivers were down, and he's like, Callaway and Cash? And I'm like, no, friend, do not. Wide, do wide not. receivers matter. Yes, they do. They do. So I don't think, I don't think that uh, Landry was a bad play. It, he's just not a priority play. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's where I messed up. I did make him a priority play, and that's what got my lineup off this week. Because what I actually wanted to do was I wanted to do what you did originally. My original trio of wide receivers was Julio, John Brown, Chester Rogers. Good and, group. And then the Morris, the 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 Jamison Crowder inactive news came out. <laughs> just jam Harrison. I mean, we can't make we can't make a big enough deal out of you play Maurice Harris for American dollars on DraftKings. Sammy, Sammy. Not only that, I like played more than normal this week too because I was like feeling pretty confident. I like entering the game. When you got Maurice Harris, you have to. It's just like I looked at my lineup and I was like, I like all of this, and Harris like could be okay. Can't lose. I mean, that's just, it's bad. But here's also like, I got like, you know, you get that false confidence when other people are like, oh no, Harris is like fine. And like a couple of, I mean, I don't want to like call like anybody out, but like dude, Smiz and Levitan and CSU, they're all sharp as hell. And they posted a screenshot of that four man. And he was three of the four people in that four man played him. I mean, people had him in the higher, like bigger games. 
but yeah, but in but in this, uh, I think he was only like six something percent owned. Well, the, I mean, that's because like there's a bunch of squares. Literally, literally, probably a lot of people in the twenty five dollar entry like didn't know who he was. Like, didn't know that he like. I, I didn't. I didn't know who he was. Also, yeah, I knew who he was because of uh, showdown last week. Yeah, he was two hundred dollars and he was starting. It was huge. Yeah, last week he, that's that's why you played him. Eight targets. Games. You played him because you got excited from showdown last week. Yeah, I played him because it let me get the Bears defense and Jarvis Landry with the other guys that I wanted. Yeah, so you looked at every spot in your lineup and you're like, I like this a lot. And this one guy, he's a scrub, but you know, if he's so like, it's like, okay. And you know what? It never works out that way. No that guy always the, kills you. Yeah. And, and, and let's talk about how that relates to Landry for a second, because when you do a lineup like that, where it's a little more stars and scrubsy, if you're, if you're low on, if you're like bad guy, like Harris doesn't come through and then you one gotta of have your some guys don't the other guys. Yeah, if, if one of your other guys don't come through, you're you're screwed. But here's yeah, the here's the thing though. Obviously, I like I'm fine if if Landry gets 15. Like I would have been okay. But also, if Mixon would have had James Conner's game, smash day. I'm like I'm in a much better mood. For sure. And it's just like it's one of those things. Like Mixon well, only. Well, don't, don't you know the Steelers have a good rush defense? I mean, dude, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very real with you guys. Like for like all of like my like writing and fantasy football stuff, I used to keep up with that like pretty good. Like yards per carry allowed by defense, DVOA. Yards per carry by defense, the noisiest thing. Well, just like I'm just like naming stats, but like I used to look at that stuff on on Pro Football Reference and Football Outsiders every week. Yeah, and I just I don't at all. I haven't I, just, I haven't looked at DVOA for a year and a half now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Dude, I used to use it in my in my content, and I think that's one of the things is like, you know, I had a long conversation with uh, Frisco Josh last year over DMs because I really wanted to learn like what's predictive and what's descriptive, and he told me he's like, dude, DVOA means nothing when looking forward. It's great yeah, it to doesn't. see what happened, but dude, there's no. And I just immediately said, wow, I've been making a mistake. But yeah. that's the thing you need to do. Like, you need to constantly change, evolve, like learn, have an open mind you know, keep learning what's better and what's not. And the sooner you do that, the sooner you make money because it takes like the public a while to, to figure that out. And I mean, pretty much all of my content now is based about volume. Like it's all, it's all based on yeah. volume and like, and like now what I think the edge is with all, with these games going to like overtime and so much scoring is predicting the games that like have that ability to have like, Oh my God, that game ran 110 plays. Like, like that's like the stuff that's the edge right now is figuring out the games that like can go, to get like a bunch of extra plays in them. Right. And then it's, and then it's the game theory part, right? It's so much like game selection, it's lineup construction, understanding like what archetypes you want for cash and, and what types you don't, you know, but taking a holistic view of all that, like the game theory of DFS to me, that's where the biggest edge is still. And now. Yeah. The more that volume becomes easy, the, the more that volume becomes what people are projecting instead of efficiency, uh, the more that game theory is going to become important because volume is actually like one of the simpler things to project. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like if you want to have like decent projections in the NFL, like project targets, look at a receiver's a dot, and then you can project out like what is air yards are going to be, what is efficiency is going to be on that. You can assume like league average touchdown rates and stuff like that. And you can get pretty close to a decent projection for people. Game theory is going to become where it's 
how like these lineups get built because the variance week to week in football, that's where it's at. It's not going to be in who's got the sharpest projections every week. It's going to be in the rest of the stuff because there's the variance week to week. Like we're seeing it every week now. Um, whether it be the Buffalo game in week two, whether it be Dallas putting up, what do they put up today on Jacksonville? I mean, Bodie. yeah, it's, so it's being able to put yourself in position to take advantage of the variance that the NFL has and not necessarily, um, oh, I'm better at projecting yards per carry or yards per target than this guy. Who'd you guys have wow. at tight end? Uh, I, had, I had no Joku. Boom. Sharp. So sharp. Austin and, Hooper. And sharper. Yeah. Hooper smash, bro. Hooper, Hooper was Hooper. actually the play. He, he yeah, was Hooper the top smash. scoring tight end of the day. Damn. Guess what? Holy. It didn't matter. I still I salvaged like 4%. <laughs> I, I got I got absolutely and it's not like I scored like no points like 149 is not like death but it's no I just got I don't know man I just these, got wrecked these days I mean that's it. so I wasn't I was on Uzoma all week yeah like, I, Uzoma, I I was too yeah I was just like dude he's gonna get all the snaps he's you know he's gonna get you know that was actually six. another benefit of the of the Mo Harris lineup was getting to Hooper oh yeah. Got to got to jam Hooper in. I mean, he was he was a he was a home favorite with a huge team total. Like I get the case for for Hooper. Um, well, the the like, other case for Hooper is that he like actually looked to have a real role in the offense for the first time since he's been in Atlanta. Yeah, he does that once in a while. I wasn't like ready to buy that as a thing. Like yeah, every once in a while he does this, but it's like no, true, erratic. True. So, I mean, I liked Njoku because you know he he'd been seeing a lot of targets ever since Baker got in the lineup. And when I just figured out I wasn't going to be able to go Murray and uh, and uh, and Zeke, I was going to have to go down and do Murray and Coleman. Then it was like, okay, I've got some extra money. What do I want to do with it? I, A, don't want to play Maurice Harris because that's fishy. And then, B, I can either pay up at DST off the Cowboys or I can pay a little more money at tight end. And I just said, I screw DST. Like, I want a better tight end. Yeah. Joku ran good. I mean, I'm tilting so hard that I played the stupid Bears defense and they gave up a career day to Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Dude, how, I, as a Bears fan, as a Bears fan, that was the most tilting. Like, when Kenyon, I heard... Kenyon Drake I, fumbles on the one, Cody Parker goes fan. and misses a field goal, and then Drake converts the clutch first down to get them in the field goal range. What an amazing game. What a great game. Actually, was. honestly, as someone who doesn't care about the outcome either way, it was actually really good to see Kenyon Drake get put back in that game because he was distraught after that fumble he was like crying on the sidelines he should be he just dropped the ball he was like ready to score a touchdown and win the game and he just like gacked it up like what an idiot true yeah so i i, I will say this though just like don't play road defenses i don't have yeah. this i don't have the science for it i don't have a good explanation but like it's crazy how much worse defenses are on the road is it just because well, they don't get the calls I don't think it's just the calls. I think it's that they're better on offense because of communication. Like think of how many things a road team has to do differently in terms of their signals, in terms of their communication, when they're in a hostile environment, it's really noisy, et cetera. I think there's, there's something to be said for that. I just, it's just, I think you guys are overreacting to, I think the Bears defense was a fine play. I know it didn't. No, work. they were a fine play. It was I, fine. Yeah. But I just don't think paying shouldn't have been a priority and too many people made a priority. 
Yeah, if anything was a mistake, it was paying up for them. It wasn't it, in the no, fact that it was a road defense. And it, it always – Cowboys were 21 – what were they? 21. This always happens when some horrible quarterback is named starter on, like, Sunday morning because of a quarterback injury. Like, it's it's everyone just, like, thinks, like, oh, I remember all those times Brock threw all those terrible interceptions, and they're like, oh, yeah, Brock's way worse than Tannehill. When, like, Brock Osweiler's probably not even that much worse than Tannehill. <laughs> sad to say but it's actually probably like Tannehill true. Tannehill can move and that's really the only difference between them and uh yeah and Osweiler is very handsome but regardless of all that it was just I think that changing your lineup around because you just have to get this one defense in it's just almost always a bad idea and I, I thought the Cowboys were great all, all week and I decided to stick with them it's like Dude, they're 2.3. They're at home. They're against Blake Bortles. Like, we can say everything we want about Osweiler, but, like... Yeah, Bortles, Bortles, like, his throwing motion is so slow, it's, like, absurd. Dude, we were talking about this last week. It's like a Japanese pitcher. It's like watching Tanaka pitch, watching him throw a freaking 10-yard out. It's crazy. Like, of course he takes a bunch of sacks. Of course people pick him off. Like, that thing takes five seconds to, like, just wind it up and throw it out. It's like, imagine at practice, the coaches have their stopwatches, and they, he throws one, they just look at each other, they shake their heads, they're like, shoot, man, like, what the are we Jaguars doing? The Jaguars passed on taking Mahomes to take Leonard Fournette. Good job. Good imagine, game. imagine D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, Austin Safarin Jenkins, T.J. Yeldon. You'd be drafting D.D. Westbrook over Tyreek Hill in fantasy. Oh, for sure. D. Westbrook, <laughs> Blitnikoff, dude. Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill, like, was not a good college player. I, like, need people. Like, he was, like, when he was in D2, he, he had, like, 900 total yards. It yeah, was, he well, had, like, a very weird career. Yeah, his career seems to be blossoming now. Yeah. I mean, you put him in the, you put him in the captain slot. <laughs> captain spot. Captain spot Tyreek. It's lit. That was, that was sharp. What did, what, so, what did you do at tight end, Nate? Uh, in my intended cash lineup, it yeah, was what, 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 what would you have done if you didn't import Hooper. the wrong lineup into all your cash games? Hooper. Okay. Hooper. I just felt like the getting as much exposure to that Atlanta game was the way to go. And even though I didn't want Tevin, once I got Tevin, I, Julio, it was obviously Jameis was the lock, but, um, yeah. I didn't have well, any exposure to Ryan who I wanted. Wait, what, were, to. what were your receivers? Uh, it was Julio Landry, Hooper, or Hul- Julio Landry. Who was my third receiver? Equinemius St. Brown. No. Let me pull it up. <laughs> oh, no, that's the showdown uh, captain for tomorrow. Showdown captain, Equinemius. Godwin. Godwin. Okay. Godwin. He's that one of those like guys who – That seems like a very who... play. Yeah, super no, Godwin's one of my favorites. But he Godwin's... doesn't even play every snap and doesn't get that many targets. Yeah. He no, got two he... targets last game. His his a dot and and partnering with Winston, I thought in this spot he was going to be. Sammy and I are both pro Godwin. I think we we're just surprised that you are. Yeah, I like I've Godwin. Godwin. I've had Godwin. I've had Godwin a couple times. I had him week one with Fitzmagic. I've been so for a while. I just like the two teams that I was the highest on from a passing standpoint this week was, um, was the Tampa Bay team and then the the Texans team. That's who I had the most exposure to in tournaments. What happened to Jared Goff today? Just like on a totally different matter. Like how did he only complete 50% of his passes? So I was watching that game very closely. And what it seemed to me watching the game is that uh, Denver was good at getting pressure. And once Cooper Cup went out, you know how Cup kind of like is a safety valve underneath. 
he does a lot of blocking. Like he's kind of like a little H backy. Who, who played instead of him, Gerald Everett or Josh Reynolds? Uh, Reynolds. They had Reynolds in a lot. Huh. So I, I did see Everett on the field a couple times, um, but Reynolds got a lot of run. But it felt like their offense really couldn't do anything from that point from a passing standpoint. And they just like decided we're just going to give it to Gurley basically all the time. And that's what they did. They just gave it to Gurley the entire time. And so you're saying you're saying you ran hot. I'm just saying like when you have an alpha on your team, you give them the rock, you go on the road, you win a game. That's how it works. Like uh, Goff was, I, I was also Tyreek the rock. I wish it had been snowing. I wish we had gotten a girly snow game so I could just bust Nate up. Why did does Nate like? Why don't I don't get this? Why did why is the Lashawn McCoy thing from last year or two years ago? Remember, Nate said McCoy was a bad play last year, and I just jammed in a hundred percent McCoy in cash, and then he like broke off a sixty yard touchdown in overtime. (laughs) Basically, I was I was I was on a hardcore fade uh, shady because it was like. People were on him, and then all of a sudden, it was like the worst snow and wind game that we've seen in forever. And so it was clear they weren't going to be passing the ball, and it was going to be like, "Hey, do you okay, want yes, twenty five? You want twenty five rushing attempts of three and a half yards of carry because it's snowy and gross and zero targets? And all game, all it was, was yes, like I two do. yard gain, three yard gain, two yard gain, three yard gain, and then he broke off a sixty yard rush, broke the hundred yard bonus, and it's got a just, touchdown. It's and just a matter of time, bro. <laughs> just. Yep. But it was, I, like, I, exactly why it was not a sharp play is because there was no target volume, because there was no, like, touchdown reliance at 7K. Snow game, snow game. It was, it was sharp. Fish. I was just hoping – I mean, that was, this was probably at least 20% of the reason why I had to keep Gurley today is because I was sure it was going to snow, and then I could, you know, talk about this on the podcast here and, and roast you. So it, it had emotional equity as, as well as, like, fantasy equity. That's fair. That is worth it. I mean, Nate, I know you hate to hear this, but Jonathan Bales, very rich man. He made a really good point when talking about the defenses don't matter thing, that when it comes to trying to get, be very accurate and make very accurate sort of decisions, you want to be pro data. But when it comes to making money in gambling, it's much, it's much better to be, to use, intuition and to be able to use like your logic and what you know about the subject to make decisions intuition play nate that's what it was it was an intuition play maurice Bale harris was dark. maurice harris was a field play <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have that intuition no i mean i like you like it's easy it's very easy for data people to laugh at stuff like that but i like i totally believe that dfs there's like there's like some percentage of it that's definitely a field game. Yeah, Except art, almost baby. every player who's still around and in, in playing at high level in cash games are team math. I mean, I, Nate, I use optimal lineups. Like I'm looking at this stuff all day, but like you, at some point there are like some decisions that got to be made. Like right. I like, like, like taking Yeldon out of the optimal lineups that I was running today. That was like a decision I made that was like, that I felt very good about. You got to look in your heart, bro. You got to look in your heart. And when you're a fish, your heart is very small. So it's very hard to look in there and, and see. But when you're an alpha, you got a big heart. You just look in there and you're like, that's the right play. There we go. Todd Gurley. I'm, uh, I don't know. Gurley, Gurley's less expensive next week, Sammy. I mean, it, so he will be, he was 20% owned. He will be 45% owned next week. Who do they play? San Francisco. 
I mean, it totally de- it totally depends on how much value opens up. True, but like, they're, it's all, they're it's all about. Francisco. Drew Brees is fifty seven hundred dollars, though. I did see. He must be on the road. Yeah, he's at the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. But defense doesn't matter. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> the being on the road does matter, though. Does it? For, the for, defense doesn't, but the it but, does. But it but does. For, it does for well, and also Taysom Hill is the Saints' best quarterback now. <laughs> <laughs> Taysom Hill. I can't wait till we get some showdown. Taysom in the captain's spot. <laughs> oh, Davis. Davis is so going to look. If you think that I won't have Taysom in the captain's spot, you don't know me. Nate, who's the who's the captain for the Monday night showdown? We already talked about this. CJ Bethard. It's it's it's, 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 it's it is. It's it's, it's equanimous. You cannot take a zero from your captain. Well, why would the number three wide receiver get a zero? Why would the number three wide receiver? Why would he get a zero? He's a number three wide receiver. His playmate Oh, do do Rogers do Rogers number three wide receivers often take zeros? Davis, how many target? What do you think his target projection can be? Like safely, ten. No, not ten. <laughs> if if Cobb and Allison are out, he'll get if, five targets. If, I think I think Allison's going to be in. He is. Really? Uh, he's coming back from concussion protocol and a hamstring. I'm not so sure. Okay. Well, you still have Devonte, Jimmy Graham, Ty Montgomery, MVS. Yeah, time time Montgomery, big big slot uh, big slot guy these days. Yeah, it might it might have to be MVS in the captain spot. Well, well, MVS like they priced him like a real wide receiver. They did like he is like a real salary. Yeah, he's like St. Brown. I think is like eight hundred. Yeah, St. Brown's eight hundred because he's like gonna be the fifth option on the team. Nate, I just like I wish I could explain to you how the math of showdown works. Like, did you fade James Washington the like in the Steelers slates? I made money in showdown. If that's what you're asking, I mean, yeah, but like, not taking James Washington was bad. Even if, even if you like, whatever the results happen, like, you just gotta learn the math of showdown, dude. Dude, I had the nuts on Monday night this week. Yeah, the Traquan captain lineup was very nice. I had the nuts. Unfortunately, the Traquan captain lineup was optimal on every daily fantasy site that exists. Yeah, you had to go a little more intuition to take first last week. Well, no, I think you literally just had to like, I think if you ran the optimals and then excluded Kamara on like most of the major websites, you probably had the nuts or like close to it. Because it like what the the Saints showdown nuts was Traquan captain, Breeze, Ingram, I don't even remember. Yeah. yeah. Did Meredith get in? Yeah. Yeah. So. But then the, the fish played. The fish played Michael Thomas and – Yeah, uh, Michael Thomas is what burned me because I had, I had Traquan. I had uh, – I mean, it was Ingram was the play for sure. Yeah, getting Ingram in was – and, like, that stuff happens in Jordan. Like, you would think that would be obvious. Like, oh, Ingram's first game back. They're a big favorite. They're at home. Ingram probably pretty sharp. I, he was not very owned. A lot of people had Kamara, though. What uh, would you guys learn today? Would you take away from it? I learned that uh, the ba- the Browns' offense is actually pretty inefficient and to 
like they just like to run the ball and and Todd Haley is not a good play caller not scheming these guys open they're they're all a little overpriced right now other than Njoku Nathan um just continuation of realizing that like ownership is going to be is going to continue to get higher than ever on these plays the that, good plays are going to continue the good yeah. plays are going to be continue 50, 60, 70% when they used to be 20, 30, you know? So every, it's like every trading. And I just think I used to say things like ownership doesn't matter in cash, build the high, but actually it does. You cannot say that ownership doesn't matter in cash when your goal is to beat 50% of the field. When you put yourself in a leverage position in cash games, you are, you are putting yourself in a minus EV position long-term. The well, goal of cash games is not to be leveraged against the primary. So if you know a player is going to be 60% owned, like long-term, it is not wise to be in the other 40% of that. Like, yes, and, yes and no. And, and I agree fully with this take. I think for if you play exclusively head-to-heads where there's more variance, if you're playing mass head-to-heads as opposed to what a lot of people do, which is a lot of like double-ups, 50-50s, they have a mix of it. But if you're one of those people that plays all head-to-heads, then you know, getting to the 90th percentile is more profitable than getting to the 60th, right? You do get extra profit from that. So I really think it depends on your game mix. But I think for most people, including myself, I think you're absolutely right with that point. I do think that if you're close on some of these decisions, though, because everyone is trending more and more to similar teams, especially the higher you go, like the higher you go, the more similar the teams are going to be because all those dudes are looking at the same information and looking yeah. at the same projections. There is a little bit of value in being like, well, this dude has no ceiling and, and getting the guy with the ceiling or like, yeah. or like today, like doing something like playing Latavius instead of Tevin would have been something, I guess that, could have really differentiated your lineup without altering your floor all that much, I think. Right. Especially if you believe that Latavius, I mean, Latavius was 700 less than Coleman. If you yeah. believe that he's just flat out a better play and that other people have it wrong, I, I think you're all right there. Yeah. Cause you're basically wearing like three to one, you know, Tevin was, Tevin was 36% on Latavius about 12, you know? So what did you learn today, Sammy? Oh, I mean, I learned a lot of things. A, don't fade the goat, Todd Gurley. B, we were talking about this. I mean, Gronk is just dust. It's over. Like, you look at his line, and he, and he caught for 97 yards. No, that, he, he is completely dust, though. It's, it's freaking over. He's like, he's like the ninth option on that offense. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure James Devlin got a look at the goal line before Gronk did. Like, the only reason he got that one big play is because they, like, tricked them into thinking he was a blocker. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like, and, and the guy bit it because he was like, oh, yeah, Gronk's just blocking again. And they, like, leaked him out underneath. And uh, Sony Michelle. Good. That man. That, that didn't, that's an RB1 the rest of the way. Yeah. Who was your RB1 this year, David? Uh, David Johnson. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I feel, I feel zero shame. But David you just did. shamed me for playing him at 5.4 in cash game. <laughs> Yeah, because we've learned we've learned that that's bad. We've had, we have five weeks of data to show that this is one of the this is like potentially a historically bad NFL offense. Yeah, but you should also feel bad about that, Davis. Oh, I don't feel bad. Bad process. No, it's terrible. I I'm not all that convinced it was that bad a process. Like what maybe 
Maybe his I need entire to go, context, everything about his context had changed. Everything. I need to I need to think more about coaching stuff and how it affects outcomes like that in general. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, look at the best coaches, uh, Belichick, McVeigh, Andy well, Reid. I mean, you I want, don't. You want all the players from their teams. I don't know how to. I'm saying I don't know. I didn't really know how to evaluate this guy Wilkes, and I guess that was probably my my mistake. Yeah, I mean, there's no Bruce bit. Arians. Like Arians was an aggressive gunslinger goat, and he wanted to go down the field, and they had a quarterback Carson Palmer that could make that work. So. 2016 David Johnson was such a print fest for me. It was a hell of a run, man. It was a hell of a run. Remember, it was just Gurley and... No, and, uh, it was, it was no, Lev. It was, it was and Lev every week. For the first half of the season, and everybody was coming off zero RB, and they kept paying up for receivers when those guys we were would like... Have, we would have been playing Maurice Harris, and we would have been glad to have gotten his four points, like, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> that's, how, that's how things were in 2016. <laughs> All the days. Like your 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 twenty seven hundred dollar tight end gets like four catches and you're like, oh dude, no one's beating me today. Lit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now now the Jets and the Cowboys are both scoring more than forty points in their games. Yeah. How That's do you think the works. how do you think the Giants feel seeing seeing Sam Darnold and the Jets putting up forty two? I think they're too dumb to know. They're too dumb. It's like you with your DJ take. They're just oblivious to like that they're well, actually. You know bad. what's crazy is I saw some like New York beat writers today tweeting about how like the the Giants actually made a bunch of win now moves in the offseason. They like they like paid like two linebackers like a bunch of guaranteed money, like older guys. Yeah, and old linemen. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that that seems to do. They're they're not smart. It's a great way. It's a great way for us to end the show. Saquon at number two is a horrible pick. Good night, everybody. Yeah.